Hunters and predatory arachnids. Strap on your super shiny belt. Cure your blindness by looking into the sun. And remember, you were walking on water before it was cool. Because it's time to talk tall to me, you posers. Welcome back, I am Omen Said. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Momes. And this is Talk Tall to Me. A mythological hunting expedition in the stellar firmament of Progrock, in which North Star Nick and Double Fish Omen will train the powerful telescopes of our imaginations on every single track that glittering Progrock band Jethro Tull ever produced. We will delight over the Canis Major Moths, gawk at the Sagittarius Strings section, and listen again and again to the Cygnus singles, all in the hope that the great Anderson won't wrathfully send a giant scorpion to kill us from our sins. <laughs> our, our sins of talking about his work. Oh, is that, is that it? Yeah. The scorpion of his lawyers. <laughs> The, the venom of his lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> the stinger of his season is his letter. We could go it on. stings. It stings. It stings so bad. Um, uh, hello, hello Omen. Hey. We are here. We are back. We are set for track number dose off of Stormwatch. We are keeping our eyes glued to the barometer. Steady on. We are we are just getting started. We are just rolling into album number twelve, Stormwatch. But before we do that, we've got a little. Is it really twelve? Are we? Oh, is this really our our dozenth album? It it is our dozenth. It is our dozenth album. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I mean, I mean, technically. I had living in the past as 4.5. So technically it's our 13th, but it's our baker's dozenth. It's our baker's dozenth. Before we get into the track of the day, however, yes. I uh, I want to thank Jeffy Buzz Buzz. Oh. I want to give him full credit as he is the one who told us. I always get it wrong. I was like, is it JK? Was it JK who told me to do this? It's not JK. As much as I love JK, Jeffy Buzz, Jeffy B gets credit for setting up uh, Jethro Tull Google Alerts, and I've got another oh. cool article here. Yeah, yes, the the beehive For making that sweet, sweet honey. Yeah, what's the alert? <laughs> I've got an article here that says this is how much it cost to book Pink Floyd in 1969. Oh, interesting. And there okay. is this little, there's this just a single image. Oh no, there we got two images of this list of bands of the era okay. and how much it cost to book them. Wow. Okay. They're asking price in 69. Yeah. One of them happens to be Jethro Tull. And uh, this, I will put the link wow. for this in the show notes, but let's see. We are, let me find Jethro Tull. Jethro Tull is 350 pounds. Wow. In 1969. Wow. Think think both inflation and the fact that it was their the second year they ever existed, you know. 
I mean, I suppose, you know, if let's translate to dollars, I guess, depending on the exchange rate at the time, I'm not sure what it was in the 60s, but let's say that's about $500. You know, in in 1969, that's not too bad. Well, sure. I mean, I'm also thinking if I had $500, I could probably go get the local high school band to come and play at (laughs) at a venue. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty close. Maybe even some post-high school kids. Yeah, they they just got out or they just dropped out. Yeah. They just dropped out. They each make 100 bucks. Everyone goes home happy. Yeah, they're they're fine with it. How about uh, Moody Blues? Also 350. Oh, okay. Fleetwood Mac, 500. Whoa. Yeah, let's see. Okay. Pink Pink Floyd was only two fifty, a hundred less than Jethro Tull. At They're the on time. Pink Floyd is on so many drugs they didn't know if they were playing or not, so it kind of didn't yeah. matter. Fairport Convention, where the next bassist David Pegg comes from, was right. two hundred. Okay. The Honey Bus was well worth the one hundred and twenty-five pounds that you would pay to get them. You'd be losing money not to. <laughs> Book the yeah. honey bus. Yep. Grapefruit was 150. Deep purple was only 125. Interesting. Yeah. But it seems yeah, to yeah. illustrate, you know, at what point in their careers these various bands were. Obviously, Fleetwood Mac was a little further ahead. Sure. Uh, right, right. In their progression. That's a fascinating little article. Yeah. And that, I guess that that memo was from the 20th of January, 1969. So it's it's super early into into their career. I mean... I don't think Stand Up even came out yet at that point. I don't think it was even out by by the 20th of January. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at inflation and kind of correct for for the times, what I'm getting from this is that for a mere, in present day, for a mere $5,000, you could book the Feckless Momes to come and talk tall live at your event. That's it. That's all. That's really, I mean, you know, accounting for inflation. Yeah. Okay, so Tull was three fifty. That translates to about six thousand Canadian dollars. So that's this must not be a real. That's not a real currency, Nick. It's, we all know it's that Canada that doesn't exist. It's just maple leaves. That's all six thousand dollars is. All right, enough offensive, enough offending our our, our maple flavored Canadian brethren here. Let's do a couple of more notes. We're talking about Orion today. We sure are. The song of the day is Orion. This is one of the few songs that uh, that bassist John Glasscock is featured on, unfortunately. Indeed. So at this point in the production, in the, the career of the band, John is suffering from the effects of a cardiac infection that were caused by uh, infected gums, I believe, like bad like yeah. gum disease that eventually led to his death, unfortunately. And he is featured on only the three only three tracks. Flying Dutchman, Orion, and Elegy. Flying Dutchman is a bonus track. Ian Anderson played bass everywhere else on the album, and Dave Pegg, whom we just mentioned from Fairport Convention, was in the involved in the subsequent tour. Right, yep. This song was recorded in multiple sections throughout uh, May of 79. Ian thinks it's a bit too heavy in some places, and that some of the lyrics are a bit naff. And it was originally much longer, apparently, and was edited down for the album. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I wonder how long it was. Yeah, I mean, it's only, I think it's only like three minutes now. So it's 340. So my guess is it was probably almost double. That's my guess. Let's have a listen to it. And we can decide if we think that it should have been even shorter 
or much, much, much longer. And again, reminder, just listen for that bass. Just pour one out for John Glasscock and listen for that bass. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pour this out into our ears. Well, Nick, cut me up into little golden pieces and shove me into the sky, because that song is delightful. I am. Are you crying? I, I don't know. You can cry. No, no, I'm not crying. You're in a safe space. My my cube at home. <laughs> You're in the very safest space. I, I, I don't know why I don't remember this being such a beautiful song. And it's, yeah. it's maybe because, unfortunately, when I think Orion, I think that really like, Orion, that really like hard yes. chorus part. But those verses, my God, the music in those verses is just gorgeous. Yeah, it's very taut song. It's full of all kinds of really interesting, beautiful tension. Yeah. It's got, it's got I mean, oh my gosh, talk about, talk about John Glasscock. The first sound that you hear really is that bass going bum, bum, bum. And it's yeah. so powerful. And it, I mean, when I think of this song, that's the sound that I hear is sure. that, that driving. Yes. Just such a powerful bass. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel uh, lengthwise? How do you feel length? Is this, I've never had any right complaints. To- <laughs> really? <laughs> Did you not see that coming? No, because the lights were off. Oh. Are, you, are you done? I'll be. You You take a break, Nick. I'll, I'll take care of the, the jokes for the next five minutes. Um, I wish I wish that the song was uh, uh, another minute longer. I would love to have another couple of verses here. Yeah. I understand Ian's point about it feeling dark and trudgy. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But I, I think that there is sufficient contrast to the the heaviness. I think there's a, a, a yeah. contrast between the heaviness and the lightness in this song that works. I think if we had if we had a really nice kind of sweet bridge that yeah, it's, that kept the characteristics of the verses in there, I think we could have stretched it out a little bit more. It's missing a little bit of a breakdown. Yeah, I don't think another chorus and another verse would have would have added to it but if there was a, a break in there especially if it was instrumental with with the the strings and the and that that maybe some like get some bass in there i i think it could have been really nice oh and that acoustic ian's acoustic in this on those verses gosh yeah, darn i mean there's nothing wrong with the song the way it is we're, no, we're literally no, no, no. you know gilding the lily here as it were yeah yeah you know lyrically i feel like it presents us a little bit of a, not an incomplete image because the images are so clear and the kind of feeling and content is very clear, but I, I wouldn't mind it being elaborated on. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think we can, let's put a pin in that. I like, I, I like the idea of that discussion. Pinned. Pinned. Consider it pinned. So we start out strong, like you said, with the bass. We've got Barry on just at the, 
just at the top of the the symbol. He's he's it's not splashy, but it's a it's a bell every single time. It's crisp. Yeah. There's a lot yep. of crispness in this song. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ian's harmonies on Orion, where he goes down a little bit, Orion, down, and it's yeah. it's got this dark where where they kind of they they match waves and one goes up and one goes down. Really cool. I love his voice on just that Orion. I mean, I love the voice always, but on that Orion part, that that harmony really sticks out as unique to me from what we're used to with Ian. I think that musically or sonically, it, it creates some harmonics. You know, where, sure. where there is there are sympathetic vibrations between the notes that mm-hmm. are that are picked up that kind of mm-hmm. create a third sound that are picked up by the mic. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that that this is a this was a very calculated sound as opposed to the 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 kind of easygoing harmonies that we normally hear from him. And I think we talked about this on North Sea Oil as well. His harmonies there yeah. are they're like they're they he's taken the next level on his singing here and it's nice. Yeah, it's it's great. Do you want to talk about these strings? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean starting right from the start, the violins, that violin sting of like yeah, and then and eventually, like they just open up and and do what they do best, and then boy, does that that sweep work so well when paired with John's super chuggy, chunky bass, yeah. and Barrymore beating the hell out of those drums. He's doing amazing work in this song as usual as well. Barrymore, let's not forget Barrymore. You know, and just thinking of it in terms of who we have on this song, it's not a super Martin centric song i mean no, he's obviously no. there but he's not mm-hmm. ripping a lot of the the melodies or the, the counterpoints out mm-hmm. that i think the strings are really taking that role yeah. with some of those gorgeous walk downs of, of the scales mm-hmm. that yeah. really are i mean oh they're very they really get you yeah the fluidity and perfection of those strings always pull at my heart the flutidity of the strings the, the flutidity of the strings on top of that, Ian's like super nice, subtle acoustic in this as well. Orion light, light, come guard the open spaces. From the black horizon to the pillow where I lie. Forgot there was any acoustic in this song, but re- listening to it is with, with the good headphones, I could really hear it forward. It's super nice. You know what I, has just occurred to me? What's that? The strings and the melody and the tone and Ian's delivery and his acoustic guitar rem- on this song remind me of a song that came out much later, which is The First Snow on Brooklyn. Ooh. Now it's the first snow on Brooklyn and my cold feet are drumming. You don't see me in the shadows from your cozy window frame. There's a similar, I mean, thematically, yeah. there's some, similar, some similarities. The kind of frigidity and loneliness mm-hmm. and and tense longing and all of that. Yeah, I definitely get that. Did we talk about that one last year? No, that was birthday card at Christmas. Yeah. First Snow at Brooklyn, we will talk about on 12-13-2022. So you have to wait a year. It'll be for the next chunk of Christmas music. But yeah. Yeah, I, I see that. I get it. I get it. That's a lovely song, too. I love that song. Other musical things with this song. Uh, there's some really nice piano in there that's yes. that's super subtle in the back. But if you if you listen for it, you'll hear it. It's really, really nice. Bass in the main body. Ian's singing is, is really beautiful. It's really lament- lamenting, it feels like. Yeah. 
Aside from that, like violin sting, the strings come in in about a minute and then they just, they just rock. Yeah. They rock and roll, baby. So come up singing above the cloudy cover. Step through the people who lost before in that scene. Uh, what about you? Anything, anything else? Any other notes on, on uh, music? Just the design of this song is so gorgeous and... Mm. You know, from beginning to end, the way that it the way that it comes in with that strong scrum, and then the way that it ends on that that very tense, delicate string sound that that kind of right. goes into the world of of mystery almost is delightful. Tense is a good word for it. It's not it's not a sweet release. It is like it's ending with with a clench. You know, it's oof, goodness me. Ending with a clench. Um, that was the porn that I was in in college. Stop. And <laughs> I was about to say that I was so proud of us for not making a joke. <laughs> I saw your face. I saw your face and I knew you were holding it back. So I, I was clenching to, to not. You were clenching. With... Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Shall we dive into the lyrics and content of this song, Nick? Sure. Do we want to talk Orion, first of all, first and foremost. I think it's unavoidable, but before I think we, ought we dive to, yeah. into the, the history of it, I would love to express that growing up in upstate New York, where, you know, at a time when there was a very, you know, very little light pollution and in yeah. an area where there was very little light pollution, the constellation of Orion was a very present figure for me, as I'm sure it was for you. And it's, I mean, Likewise, it's one of the most yeah. recognizable sights in the in the sky. Yeah, if it's not the bears, it's Orion. Like those are the ones that you can you can find almost always where we are. Yeah, right. And you know the belt, the three stars of the belt, and yep. then the and then the the couple of stars of the dagger hanging down. They're they're so identifiable, and it's yeah. one of the easiest things to you know to to be taught if you're if you're getting into um, astronomy at all. Right. Yeah. So I think a lot of people probably have a relationship, especially in the northern hemisphere, with this constellation. Mm-hmm. So shall we talk a little bit about, should we give a little recap of the legend of Orion? Sure. Yeah. Well, ancient Greek, the legends come from the pre, the, you know, the, the prehistory before any of the Greek classic writings that we have. Curiously, in terms of like real original Greek literature, there are not that many, it's not that much written about the, the myth of Orion. It's sort of some mentions here and there. He gets a shout out in, um, in... Homer? Homer, 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 Homer. And later he gets echoed by the Roman poets such as Virgil and Ovid, your friend and mine. But essentially, and, and all the stories about him are contradictory. You know, there are lots, there's no definitive version sure, of right. the story of Orion. But the the, the facts or the, the themes that are similar throughout is that he is a, a giant huntsman and that he has in some versions, the ability to hunt and kill any animal that exists. Mm-hmm. And in some versions, his father is Poseidon, which gives him the ability to walk on water. In other versions, he's just so huge that he can walk through the oceans without you know, having to be bothered about them. In many versions, he, he goes to the island where a certain king lives. And how shall we say this delicately? He, <sighs> he 
de- deflowers the the daughter of the king, for which the king blinds him instantly. I think it's sort of a demigod king. And and then he is, in some versions, guided by one of the other gods to Helios the sun to cure him of his blindness. Although if in actuality you go and look at the sun, you are more likely to render yourself blind than be cured of any eyesight problems. Yeah, don't. Don't. Don't Just stare don't. at the sun. Just go don't. see an ophthalmologist. Yeah. And then there's, you know, then there's the story of him going and hunting with Artemis. Yeah, he, I mean, he is the hunter. He's known as the archer in European folklore. Actually, in, in recently rediscovered myths, he is referred to as Nimrod, the great hunter. Who's referred to as Nimrod? Orion in Hungarian European folklore, Nimrod. Oh, and Nimrod, yeah. of course, is, uh, is a name that we hear in the Bible. Right. He was a great hunter in the Bible only when Bugs Bunny referred to Elmer Fudd tongue-in-cheek as a Nimrod did it right. turn into a derisive term. In one story, he says he, he goes on a either a hunting trip or a hunting con- contest with Artemis, and he says, I can kill any living animal, and Artemis is like, don't like that. I'm going to send this <sighs> giant scorpion to sting you. And bada-bing, bada-boom, he gets stung, he dies, but because... The gods are so into him because he's so, you know, hunky and and strong. They make him into a constellation, whack him in the night sky. But of course, the scorpion also gets a constellation. And so as the seasons turn, the scorpion continues to chase Orion Mm. across the night sky. Now, significantly, Nick, Mm -hmm. if you want to talk about astronomy going away from the myth itself, because uh, we got a faulty axis and we didn't get a rebate on our planet when, you know, before warranty ran out. The constellations change throughout the year, yeah, especially in the northern and southern hemisphere. And Orion is most visible in the night sky during the winter. Yes. And so, you know, there is a there is an association, which we see clearly in this song of Orion with winter. And, you know, part of the sure. mythology of the astronomy is that he dies and goes into the underworld and then arises again the next year. Yeah. In terms of constellation, like you said, it's got three stars for the belt. It's got the the dagger hanging down or the scabbard. Sometimes it's just the scabbard because he's sure. also holding the sword. The brightest stars are the blue-white Rigel and the red Betelgeuse that you can see in him. They make up his shoulders, I believe. Right. Very cool little connection here that I'm really tickled by is that Orion is also known for the Orionids, which are the, the it's the meteor shower that comes when Orion first comes up into the sky. Right. It's, it's, it's actually due a week from now. It's due around October 20th. Oh, exciting. The parent body where the, the meteors come from is actually Halley's Comet. Halley's oh, Comet wow. is, is coming by. They're, it's breaking off pieces. They're falling in. Really cool connection there. Mark Twain was born... When Halley's Comet came around in 1909, I think. And then the literally the next time Halley's Comet came around, Mark Twain died the day after. It would have been 1809 or something. Yeah. What did I say? 1909? 1909. Yeah. Silly me. Oh, I'm sorry. He, he said that in 1909. There we go. Whoops. Yeah. He was born in 1835. Okay. 74 years later, he died in 1910. The Mark Twain connection is Mark Twain's brother was named Orion. Shut up. Orion Clements. Close your mouth and cease to speak. 
That's such a bad name, like badass name. The first and only secretary of the Nevada Territory oh. before it became Nevada. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. As much as you love Charlie Chaplin, I love Mark Twain. So I had to throw that in there. I support your love of Mark Twain. I think he's fantastic. Oh, he's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Speaking of stars and the lyrics, there are some specific references to the astronomy aspect in the song. Mm -hmm. If we kind of track through them, your faithful dog shines brighter than its lord and master. Your faithful dog shines brighter than its lord and master. That, of course, refers to the dog or the star, Sirius, mm -hmm. the dog. Is Sirius part of... Or is that, is Sirius right, in the side. right next to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like a faithful dog with master. Yep. But is a brighter star than anything in, in the Orion constellation. Mm -hmm. Your jeweled sword twinkles as the, as the world rolls by. Your jeweled sword twinkles as the world rolls by. Fun fact about the, the jeweled sword, the bodies that make up that, some of them are not stars, but are in fact star clusters. Mm, and mm -hmm. nebulae. So that's what gives it this sort of iridescent, almost, you know, twinkly kind of property because it's not it's not individual stars like the bell. It's sort of made up of more smaller points of light. So they are all kind of coming to us at the same time, but at different rates. So that's where we get the twinkle is sometimes they're not one right after the other. So it's a straight line of light. It we, we, There's the brief moment of of the light stopping. That's where the twink the twinkle comes from. That or some other kind of sciencey, or that stuff. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we have, of course, all of the references to the cold, referencing the uh -huh. winter. So, Nick, why don't we jump into the lyrics and just start hacking through them as if they are a menagerie and we are uh, senseless killers? Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> Orion, won't you give me your star sign? Orion, get up on the skyline. Well, if we start with the beginning, won't you give me your star sign, get up on the skyline? I mean, that sort of, to me, speaks of the fact that Orion rises throughout the year. Yeah. That makes me feel like he's looking forward to the winter, almost. Give me, Absolutely. please come, please, please give me your star sign. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, maybe this was because I was a lonely kid, but I, I always felt in the winter seeing that constellation up there, I always felt comforted by it in a way. Well, also the physics behind winter, everything is quieter and yes. smaller and more kind of compact. So it's easy to feel alone when you're standing out in the, the middle of the road in Mexico, New York, looking up at the, looking up at the stars. I mean, I remember yeah. doing that when, when, when I hung out with you. Yeah. You know, I remember we would be outside and, and look up at the stars or I would take a phone call and I got no service in your house. So I had to go out and walk around in the street and yeah. and I, I would be looking up at the at the stars. And even though it was a, there were like street lights around, it was a dinky little town. So there wasn't yeah. that much light pollution. So you, well, then if, and could, if we were out it. further in the country, the cabin, it was even clearer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really love the line, you know, come guard the open spaces from the black horizon to the pillow where I lie. Orion, light, light, come guard the open spaces. 
From the black horizon to the pillow where I lie. There's almost this sense of, <laughs> you know, that there's so much darkness filling up the world, but oh, I know that there's this heavenly body that's going to watch over me in a sense. It's yeah. almost like Ian is approaching deism, you know, the belief that there is divinity, but... Right, there's there's a dependency here that's... Or an admiration, at least. I, I guess so, but I, it, it to me it feels like this is a this is an imperative he is demanding this it's not it's not would you please it's it's do this for me i would call that a supplication sure oh yeah 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 yeah. you know that's the old-fashioned that's the way to, to do it yeah to the gods kind of a, a demand of sorts yeah you're right Please. you're right but there's there's a, a i feel like there's a dependence here which then makes me feel like there's we're seeing a little bit of weakness, of of tenderness from Ian that we can see him in terms of of needing this to to sleep comfortably, you know, with this to the pillow where I lie. So there's a fascinating aspect of the song that it seems to flip in between two things. One is that supplication, that plea to the stars to please comfort me in this in this darkness, and yeah. then the flip side is almost the observation where you pull back. And yeah. you're observing the street scene almost from the view of the stars. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Very good. I know you're watching as the old gent by the station scuffs his toes on old fag packets lying in the street. I know you're watching as the old gent by the station scuffs his toes on old fag packets lying in the street. We almost have a almost a callback to uh, a small cigar or Aqualung. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you're viewing from a distance this this strange figure who's who's outside of society who needs, you know, who needs taken care of. Who's out walking the streets at night, you know, because he has cold. no place to go in the cold. Instead of the dog ends, it's the packets. But right, still, yeah. we still get that imagery. Yeah. And silver shadows flick across the closing bistro. Sweet waiters link their arms, their arms and patter down the street. Oh, I just love this. Their words lost blowing on cold winds in darkest Chelsea. <laughs> Prime years fly fading with each young heart's beat. And silver shadows lick across the closing bistro. Sweet waiters link their arms and patter down the street. Their words lost blowing on cold winds in darkest There's, oh my God, it's so sweet, but it's, there's also, it feels like there's a sorrow there. It's and like there's a there's, contrast oh, between yeah. the youth, you know, the fading youth of these, uh-huh. these people who are in Chelsea and this eternal, divine, fixed presence, yeah. which itself goes through cycles, you know. Right, right. It's fa- It's almost like it's almost like two cogs in a clock. I got my watch repaired today, so I'm thinking about <laughs> clocks. But you know, you have the tiny little cog that turns, and that's like the lives of the mortals whizzing past who are already yeah. old before they figured out what youth yep. is. Yep, yep. And then you've got this eternal cyclical thing of Orion dying and being healed and dying and being healed. Yeah. Like, over the course of the year, even just two celestial bodies orbiting. Orbiting, yeah. Two celestial bodies like orbiting one another, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because because I mean all of the planets have different lengths of time that they orbit, you know? Yeah, sure. 
you were saying the the difference between the young guys and Orion, the the ageless, I guess, you know. Sure. But also he's looking down on the old gent and the young guys. So he's looking over everybody. Right. Right. Because he can because he is old and young at the same time. Right. Right. He's depending on the myth or or what, but even if you're just looking thinking of it as the constellation itself every year he comes back up that old guy is a year older those waiters are a year older but orion is just is the same he will outlive cuz they're stars because if you go to the mythology he was preserved he died in sort oh, of yeah, his yeah. prime and so he was preserved in the stars in that form right yeah. And I think that there may be something comforting to an observer like Ian in recognizing that there is something that is eternal like that. It's consistent? Yeah, or, you know, it's it's eternal in the time frame that we have the chance to observe. Sure. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, eventually all stars will will die and yeah. change. and and But to mortals, it's, it is negligible. It is, it is unnoticeable. And because we observe Orion in this cyclical nature year to year, there's almost a sense of like being reminded. It's not a constant reminder like the North Star. It's like this yearly like, hey, yeah. what have you done in the last 12 months? <laughs> well, how are you going to end up in the stars? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. What have you what have you done? Yeah, that's what a good point. What beasts have you killed? <laughs> now, Nick, I want to talk about the, the final verse. And yeah, 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 yeah. And part of the reason that I wish the song was longer is because this final verse makes me profoundly uncomfortable and I wish that there was something more to resolve it. I, f- I feel like it's missing something. Yeah. So let's just dive into it. So this is describing the various things that, are, that we're seeing in this cold night scene. And young girls shiver as they wait by lonely bus stops after sad parties, no one to take them home to greasy bedsitters and make late night play for virginity a thousand miles away. For lost virginity. For lost virginity a thousand miles away. And younger shiver as they wait by lonely bus stops after sad parties, no one to take them home to greasy bedsitters So if we just take it without any judgment, the scene is clear. You have the lonely young women who didn't get what they wanted at the parties. But at the same time, we have almost a reflection. I feel like there's a resonance between the story of Orion, that there was a he was responsible for the the loss of virginity of this mm. princess, this mythological princess. Okay. And then it's very it's very not clear. Is it is it saying that Orion is sort of longing after this, or is it that is Ian saying that that is a an ex a, a story that that. At, that is as old as humanity and will always keep going. I, it's it's not clear. And I wish that yeah. it was clarified in one more verse because again, it is potentially very squeaky. Yeah, I'm 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 tr- I'm trying to think of of that that parallel analogy of how it could be. I think I mean I think it works in terms of the virginity thing. 
you know, the, the deflowering. But is there, is there any connection to going home unsatisfied or going home to someone that's probably not not the best person for you to be with, you know? Well, I, it, I do think that there is a, a theme throughout the whole song, which does connect it, which is loneliness. Yeah. Ian is finding companionship in something as warm <laughs> and present as the stars themselves. But think about the sweet waiters, though. You know, that's like that's like a light of hope, like these two, like, sweet companions walking down the street, leaving their job. That's true. So it's, you know, it's sort of, but even that, I almost feel like that's a foil to the theme of loneliness. That you have, uh, you have Ian's lonely. You have the old man by the bus stop, uh, by the train station is lonely. You have the yep. the women leaving the start, the sad parties being lonely, and then to contrast it, we have the waiters who are kind of bubbling home, and and for a moment they have real companionship, but also their youth is fading away. So it's like it's almost saying like sure. loneliness is 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 part of the human the human experience like like old age it is an inevitability uh, yeah exactly yeah. and and for ian the solution is find companionship or find comfort in these ancient eternal things in a constant yeah yeah huh it's fascinating. I, I think this song is so, so gorgeous and so well-written and so, you know, you mentioned with the strings that they don't have that resolve at the end. Yeah. And I think that that is the entire song. It's sort of like, here's this incredible, powerful thing that we all in theory have access to if we can all see this guy. Right. Here's the crushing loneliness of our human existence. Yeah. And I'm not offering any solution. It's just here are these things. Right. And and maybe maybe it's like, well, this this is kind of this is what I do. It's not saying, hey, you do this. It's like this is an example of where I find peace. Right. Kind is of, that yeah, you know? well, maybe no, I think you're right. Because Ian says, what is it? Let us sip on the on heaven's heady wine. Yeah. That it's sort of he's not cold. Because he has the wine of the heavens. Because the cold never bothered him anyway. <laughs> I'm high on your love and I feel fine. Orion, let's sip the heavens heady wine. Is it high yeah. on your love? I'm high on your love, yeah. Oh. Oh, the, oh, actually, the second, the last one is high on your love. The first one is I'm high on my hill. And so I feel he climbs fine. his hill to get close uh -huh. to Orion and then he's yep. embraced by Orion's love and he gets yeah. the wine. Wow. Okay. You know, Nick, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go way out into Give the field. Go out, go out into space. I'm going to, I'm going to blast off here. There's this, uh, something I read in, in one of these books written by a Buddhist monk. And he said, you know, once I discovered the, the ambrosia of mindfulness, I have not experienced loneliness. Yeah. Because if you are really aware and mindful and and in your real true self you are connected to everything and so maybe this is sort of ian's gateway into feeling connected to the world is to connect with something as remote as the stars and then if sure. you can connect with that then he is connected to the old man he's connected to the young women he's connected to the waiters yeah well i mean i think there is something to be said about about connecting to something so so massive so unattainable so unreachable that that it, that it it 
it does pull you away and disconnect you from the little things. I f- didn't we have a song like this before? I feel like there was a, a song that it, it was it was basically Ian being like, well, well, I'm I'm detached and I'm happy because of this reason. And I'm but I'm also still observing people who are who are kind of stuck to the 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 little things you know who are invested in the small stuff it's not a, it's the opposite of a small cigar because he is so dependent oh, on those like physical disposable things you know what this almost reminds me of and this is not the best comparison that i can make but it reminds me of hello bird hello sun hello my lady hello It's almost sort of an observation. I mean, that's sort of the other end of it. It's like, if I can find the sort of true apprehension of of life around me, then I'm really in the moment. And this is like the same, but the stars themselves. I I, I don't know, man. I get, I almost get a sense of Dr. Manhattan from the- Oh, oh from the Watchers. The from Watchmen. the Watchers. Yeah, from the Watchmen. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this this like he has he has transcended. He is he is above because he can find solace in in the celestial. He is ab- above the little things. You he know? really is like Elsa. He <laughs> he's he's let it go. Keep going back. He has let it go. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's about to do an amazing costume change. <sighs> have you have you have you heard the theory that Elsa dies when she actually falls through the the ice or whatever in frozen two in frozen two. And then she's like a spirit the rest of the time. I've not heard that theory. I've heard the theory that she is definitely gay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the movies very well, but I don't know what evidence there could be for that or why the evidence I think is that she uh, likes women and she's gay, but we can talk about that on our other podcast. Gab, Gab gay gays Disney to me. me. Oh, <laughs> Um, you should you should look up the theory. Uh, like, there's a YouTube video on it. You should look it up. It's it's actually I don't care about the movies at all, but I was definitely invested in that. It was very cool. It's very funny. I'm sure my wife has seen it. I'm sure she has. She wrote. She made it actually. <laughs> Anything else about Orion? Yeah. Uh, can we? How can we stop talking about Orion? It's a gorgeous song. It's mysterious. It it is it is as mysterious and complex and provocative as the yeah. constellation itself. I think that it's an incredible. I think it's an amazing it's an amazing song and I love yeah. the sound of it it really is kind of a great doorway into the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you can get yourself if you have a good pair of headphones or can find yourself a good pair of headphones this is definitely one to get the ear cups on and just close your eyes and listen to. There's so much sweet nuance in this song. Go to a remote hilltop, immerse yourself in an ice bath, look up at the stars and listen to this song. What a way to go. Or or just find a sensory deprivation chamber and have this song played. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. Or rent a sensory deprivation chamber. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to buy one. That'd be absurd.
Nick, what have we the celestial pleasure of talking about next week? Oh, goodness me. We are going to talk about home. Oh, God. (laughs) Do we have to? I'm not ready. Track number three off of Stormwatch, Home. Okay. Well, until next week, you don't have to be lonely because you can find comfort in the stars themselves. Yes, the five stars that you rate us on Apple Podcasts, which is a great way to ensure that this podcast can find its way into the ear holes of more people all all across the globe. Please go to our merch page, which can be found in the show notes. You cannot find a jeweled sword that twinkles there, but you can get all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Where you can show your love for Talk Tall to Me. You can imagine that your Talk Tall to Me branded t-shirt is a lion's skin that you have dressed yourself in. That's very Herculean, too. Yeah, well, you know, uh, he didn't didn't invent wearing a lion skin. Everybody did it back then. Uh, Fair enough. Fair enough. Until next week, I am the starry club bashing down on your head, Omen Said. I am the old gent by the station, Nick McGill. We are are the happy, youthful waiters slapping our way down the pavement. (laughs) Feckless Momes. And this is the podcast that comes up singing above the cloudy cover. Talk tell to me. Oh, Oh, it's so cold out here. Oh, my God. I can't believe they kept us so late. I never want to close again. Oh, give give me your arm. I need warmth. I need warmth. Yes, here. Huddle together. Huddle together. Oh, Lord. Look at the sky. Oh, it's so brilliant tonight. Yeah. What's... Wow. What's that one up there? What's that? that? I think... I think we learned constellations in, like, fourth grade. You know, I think that is Turbius Maximus. (laughs) Oh yes, that's, the turb, the great turbo in the sky. Yeah, that's Fe- that's that's what the poop emoji is based off of. That's right, that's right. Oh my gosh, put your scarf on. You're gonna, you're gonna yeah, I'm chill yeah, yeah. here. <laughs> oh, 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 do you see do you see yeah. that one with the 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 blinking star? Yes, yes, that's um, that's that's Dildoas eroticus. Oh that's, yes, we didn't learn about that one in fourth grade. It's in it's in co- I I took college astronomy. That's uh in fourth grade. In fourth grade, I took college astronomy. I, wow. I it was a big, it was a mistake. It was a, it was a, it was a scheduling, uh, you know, error. Um, and you, wow, you, did I learn a lot about? You grew up re- too fast. Yeah, it's history with that one. Uh oh, oh wow. wow. That you see that one? I, I remember my grandfather. Yeah, my grandfather sat me down and pointed that one out. That one is actually. A Herschel. It's our our dog that we had growing up. It's Herschel. He said that's where our dog went. Wow, that was so cool of him to buy those stars. Yeah. No, he's he the the dog went up into the sky. Yeah, it's that's cool of him me. to get get make that. Oh my gosh, look at oh, oh over there, ooh. over there. Yeah. That's um. Those are the those are the the flaming drumsticks of of prog rock. That's wow. that constellation, flamus flamus prog rocketus sticketus. And I think that's. 
that's that's the the blazing Barrymore behind it, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Wow. <gasps> oh my god. And oh my gosh. I can't of, believe we're seeing this. Look at that. Of course. Look at that's that. That's the new, right? I haven't seen this since I was a kid. It only comes up once once every decade because that's how stars work. Once every Tuesday. It's <laughs> it's it's the great newt of Tuck Tall to me. That's right. You know the myth behind that, don't you? I, I you know, I don't quite remember it. Well, I was a proud member of the Feckless Mums Audio Network. That's right. That's right. I don't know why I, I couldn't remember that, actually. Oh, taxi. There's a taxi. Taxi. Oh, taxi. Oh, 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 oh damn. Oh, damn. What a, what a dick. Just sleep at my place. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>